Welcome to Explore Europe, a podcast series for American military stationed in and around Germany. Each episode brings you travel tips and local secrets to help you get the most out of your time overseas. This episode is proudly sponsored by Used Car Guys. Pre-owned military car sales all over Germany and new car sales for stateside delivery when you PCS. Good cars from good guys. And now, introducing your hosts, Michelle Peirce and John Sweeney, who've been living in Germany and exploring Europe for over 15 years. So, where should we explore today? Well, there's only one way to find out. It's on with the show. Welcome to another episode of Explore Europe. I am so excited to welcome our very first guest onto this podcast series. And I'm even more excited that he's a real live, actual American. So for those of you tiring of my British accent, I have some homegrown talent here for you today. Welcome, Brett Hellenius. Hello, Brett. Hey, Michelle. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. Brett, I am going to dive straight in with a big question. What are you doing in Germany? Uh, I think the, the bigger question is, what am I not doing in Germany? It's, uh, it's such an amazing place. Um, I assume you want me to tell people who I am. Yes, please. Give us, sure. give us some background. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm really honored that I'm your first real live, uh, living, breathing, in the wild American guest. Um, so <laughs> that's, that is a really, uh, really an honor. So thank you very much. And hopefully I'm not your last American. I'm sure as long as you behave yourself, we'll invite some more back and maybe uh, even you again. <laughs> Okay, we'll see how that goes. Uh, so, so my name is Brett Hellenius. Uh, I've been living in Germany for almost 10 years. I guess I'm what you would call an expat at this point. Um, and uh, I live in a really beautiful section of Germany called the Deutsche Weinstrasse, which is the German wine road. Uh, and I'm here like Michelle, um, loving and living in Germany. And uh, I own a, a business and uh, we work with the military population and the military bases and, and installations here in Germany. And we also produce the Find It Guide, which uh, is also really popular. And that's who I am. I'm the CEO of the company and, and a uh, longtime traveler. Absolutely. So you mentioned the Find It Guide, and I want to come back to that, because for those people who have just arrived in Germany, it's probably the number one tool um, that people use when they first arrive here to orientate themselves, find everything they need in Germany. It's, it's just an absolute essential guide, right? Yeah, well, uh, I'll, I'll be sure to send you your check in the mail. Thanks for that great plug. Um, <laughs> we've had people... You're, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> We've, we've had people call it the Bible. Uh, I don't know if it goes quite that far, but um, it's definitely a, a handy tool for people, especially when they, they just put feet on the ground here in Germany and, and they're in a foreign land and don't speak the language. And it's it's kind of your your one-stop shop to, to get everything you need as far as uh, phone numbers for all the uh, offices that you're going to need to go to and, and hints on what to do in Germany, how to drive, culture tips, uh, places to go for business. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's really, uh, it's really helpful and, and, uh, people really, really like to use it, which makes us feel good. So, um, yeah, it's free to get, and you can get it on pretty much any installation. Fantastic. Now you've been here 10 years, but you're working with the military as this, uh, the CEO of this publishing house. So that sounds to me like you are perfectly positioned to have one foot in each camp. You are both local and still very much an American, right? 
Sure. Yeah, I um, uh, go uh, on uh, Ramstein Air Base often um, on to Capone Air Station and on Vogelway and up in Baumholder and Sembach and was just out in USAG Bavaria at Wiesbaden, USAG Wiesbaden and USAG Stuttgart uh, through my travels. Uh, so pretty much um, if it's a military installation in Germany, I'm, I'm there. So. Um, but uh, where I live, actually, there, there aren't that many Americans. I live in a little town called Neuleiningen, and it's only about uh, 25 minutes from Kaiserslautern, or, or as Americans call it, K-Town, basically the doorstep of the, uh, the German wine road, the Deutsche Weinstrasse. There's really no Americans that live here, so it, it kind of has forced us and, and allowed us to really get immersed in the German culture. Okay, well, we're going to talk a bit more about the, the German Weinstrasse in a minute, but I just want to come back to this. That's very brave to go and move somewhere outside of an American community when you are an American and you're married to an American as well, and to really kind of, you know, immerse yourself in the local culture here. I mean, I've done it, but I did it very gently through living in Mannheim. And there was a, a military base here in Mannheim for many years. And as the base closed, I just, I guess, kind of stayed here and put down my roots here. But you, you've really gone for it. That's pretty bold. Well, um, well, thanks. Um, there's definitely, I won't say that it's been a completely easy uh, entry. Um, German is a tough language. Um, oh, you know, the culture yeah. is <laughs> it's, Anybody who's tried to learn German will tell you German's difficult. Even the Germans tell you German's really difficult. Uh, it's definitely, yeah, it, it takes a lot of persistence uh, if you really want to try to immerse yourself fully in, in the culture. You're constantly learning new words, new ways of doing things. Um, and, you know, you're in, you're in a foreign country, so you're, you're expected to, to speak that language. Um, and so if you don't know all the buzzwords of whatever it is you're doing, um, then yeah, it's, it can be a little bit stressful. So it's really a question of you know how much you really really want to you know try to immerse yourself. But I can tell you that if you can even get a little bit, even even some simple greetings and simple things, uh, the German people are incredibly appreciative, and it really does change your experience while you're in Germany. Um, and it, it just shows the, the local population that you're, you've got a vested interest in, in actually finding out about their culture, and then you get this completely different experience, which uh, I highly, highly recommend. Well, it sounds like you are getting the best of living in Germany, and it sounds like you have found a fantastic place to live in Germany. And I guess that's what we're going to explore today. Shall we get stuck in and talk about, you know, the area around you live, the German Weinstrasse? Sure, sure. That's, uh, that sounds great. Where do you want to start? You tell me where to start. I mean, there was obviously a reason you chose to live in that area. What, Give me some of the highlights. What is it about living in the on the wine straws that appeals to you? I'm going to say wine, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll give you a hint. It's in the name of the place. Um, yeah, so uh, and I'll slow it down. It's the Weinstrasse, and that means wine road. And so it's this is actually a, one of the big regions of winemaking. What's interesting about this place is I try to tell people back in the States where I live, and they, they kind of look at me like I'm, I've got two heads because they didn't realize that Germany had a wine growing region, very famous for beer um, and, uh, and that kind of thing. But for wine, you know, there's not a ton of wine that's exported to the States. So when I start to describe, actually, as I'm sitting here looking out my window, these rolling hills of vineyards, as far as the eye can see, 
um, with you know this beautiful sun and the amazing weather that we get here, um, it's it's just absolutely gorgeous, and and it's it's a place that it's really easy to get to. So um, yeah, it's it's um, one of the reasons my wife and I picked to live here is because there's okay, wine's really cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, great. Not cheap in quality. I'm glad we cleared that. <laughs> yeah, not not cheap in quality. Cheap in as if uh, you know it's about the same price as a bottle of water. So um, that doesn't hurt at all, and it's really good, really really good one. Even if you're not a wine drinker, um, you, you kind of become one because it's very accessible. There's so much of it that's available. Um, and it's really, really good. And, you know, the attitude about it here, it, there, there's farmers that, you know, that are basically raising crops and turning it into wine. And, and it's really part of the lifestyle. Yeah. So is there anywhere particular, um, apart from your hometown, which, of course, now everyone listening to this podcast is going to move to, is there any vineyards locally that you particularly like to visit? There's so many vineyards that you can go to. And, and here, you know, you would call it a vine goot. Mm-hmm. Um and that's wine. Food. I'm writing that and, down um, as you say that very slowly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And so, and so um, there, there's so many once you get down here because the, the Deutsche Weinstrasse is 84 kilometers long. So it goes all the way from near where I live in uh, Bachenheim. Uh, and it goes all the way down to the French border, which is the beginning of the Alsace-Lorraine region that is uh, Schwetzingen. And so that's a really long distance. And basically that whole distance is covered by vineyards. The number of, of actually winemakers uh, is, is off the charts. So to really try to find where you should go can be quite intimidating, actually. So I'm just going to give you a couple that are, are, you know, I'm interested that are up here in the northern part of the Weinstrasse. But I'll be honest with you, you really can't go wrong because there are so many um, and wherever you end up going to just try some wine, and we can talk about how to do that later, um, you really can't miss. And the people are incredibly friendly. Uh, I can't stress that more. You won't go into, in, into any place where they're not going to want you in there. Uh, so uh, definitely very accessible. But a couple that, that I really like, um, uh, of course, my hometown favorite uh, here in Neuleiningen, um, Rudi Rutger, is uh, is actually right across the street from where I live, so it's <laughs> quite convenient. Uh, and when the wife tells me to go out and get wine, I just walk across the street, so it's actually really easy. Um, but it's actually it's in uh, a an old castle, which is actually uh, still in operation because people live inside the the walled castle. Um, and uh, Rudi Rutger is actually a family that's been running the vine group there for over, geez, I think it's over 400 years or so. They, the family started in, 16, in the 1600s, and it's been the same family line uh, ever since. The current, uh, the current generations that are there, Rudy Rutger is, is the older father, and Rudolf Rutger is the son. Uh, and so that's kind of one of the neat places to go because obviously the wine's really good, but it's also, you're, you're not going to find many families that are still in the same lineage um, as when the wine began in the 1600s. Wow. So that's, that's one um, I definitely would recommend. Plus it's in this amazingly beautiful walled city of Neuleinigen, and it's very close to um, the communities of Kaiserslautern. Um, the Spaden and, and even Stuttgart. Wow, um, that sounds like a real experience. Yeah, it, it is. It is. I mean, there's like I said, there's so many, so many winemakers around. But that's that's one I think that'd be a little bit special. And and they're incredibly friendly there. And if you tell them you're American, they will start talking to you and uh, and probably 
introduce you to all the wine they have and, and show you around. So they're, they're really a great family as well. Another one that is probably, you know, you probably wouldn't find on your own is a, a vine dude called Gowl. Okay. Uh, and that is in um, Anselheim. And that's not far from here, just, just uh, north of Grunstadt. And, um, and that's uh, another family that is incredibly friendly. And I picked them out because my wife loves their Pinot Noir. They actually won the best German Pinot Noir um, award. And so it's, it's not very well known. Um, I think, uh, amongst Americans. And so now you have the inside secret on, you know, an award-winning place that you would just drive right by. You wouldn't even know it's there. Great. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> Thanks, Brett. Yeah, no problem. Um, and, and you know, I think one of the neat things probably for people is, is to get a, a tour of wine cellars. So there's yeah. there's a couple places that, you know, will do wine uh, tours. A lot of the older vine goods have, um, you know, cellars deep down in, in some cave, um, but not all of them will do an official tour. But one of them that does a pretty good tour is called Vine Goot von Winning. Mm. So it's Wine Goot, V-O-N, Winning, W-I-N-N-I-N-G. And that's in uh, Didesheim. And they have a pretty, pretty neat um, tour of their cellars. And they do some, also some other events that include food and cellars and things like that. So um, that's, that's one I'd, I'd recommend to, uh, to find out more. I mean, can I just call up at these places and turn up? Or do you have to book in advance? I mean, how does it work? Yeah, for the, for the cellar tours, you're going to want to call in advance and, and try to make a reservation for a place like that. Um, it's a good question to, you know, to, to know when these places are open because a lot of them will actually close. The smaller family operations will close at 2 o'clock on Sunday. Mm. Um, so if you're planning on, you know, the weekend, okay, you know, on a Sunday afternoon, I'm going to go to the vine pit and do some wine tasting. Um, you want to make sure that you're going to a place that you know is going to be open. So, you know, there's wine bars where, you know, you can go and it's more of a bar type atmosphere. But if you want to actually go and taste wines, which almost every single place you'll go uh, will be free. I, I've never, ever been charged for asking, you know, to taste a, a different type of wine at a place. And there's no expectation that you're going to buy. Um, they're happy to, to let you taste their wine. Um, it's, it's that simple. It's really going in and saying, is it okay if I try the Riesling? And they're more than happy to give you a taste. Wow, that sounds like a great day out, frankly. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's really, it's relaxed. I, I'll say that. It's, it's definitely, it's very relaxed. And, and like I said, even if you don't like wine, um, it's, it's very approachable. Yeah, yeah, that's, that sounds it. It just sounds like a fantastic way to experience the local culture, even if you're not a wine buff, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, what about food? Uh, I don't know if you've listened to any of our earlier podcasts, but um, the subject of food and restaurants always comes up because it's my favourite. Uh, do these uh, wine goods offer restaurants, uh, food and restaurants as well? Yeah, that's so that's that's a real big reason why my wife and I live um, in this area, too. Um, you know, when you're going to a new area, you're, you're not really sure where to go for food. You know, you can check Yelp out or something like that. Um, but sometimes it could be hit or miss. And yeah. what, what we have found in all the years that we've lived in this whole region here is there are no bad restaurants. And it just blows me away because we'll, you know, we'll just go out and we'll say, hey, let's, you know, let's try this place. Not look at any reviews online or anything. And we walk in and we have an amazing meal that is not expensive. 
Um, if you want it, you can get the super expensive meals, but I'll be honest with you, it's more common to have reasonably priced dinners um, that are just blow your mind good. And part of that is because all the people that live here also have to pay for those dinner prices. And so, you know, we're not 100% reliable on people coming in from the big cities. Um, it's actually, uh, the food is incredibly good. I've, we haven't run into any bad restaurants and we've been to a lot of them, but there are a couple that I can outline for you if you're looking for an interesting, uh, you know, cool experience with some amazing foods. Absolutely. We're all about sharing insider tips on this podcast, Brett. Go for it. Okay. All right. So my insider tip, if you, if you got a special occasion and you're looking to really impress your wife or your husband, I, I would recommend going to the Hotel Ketchauerhof in Didesheim. Uh, and the restaurant there is L.A. Jordan. And it is a Michelin one-star uh, restaurant. Now, that can definitely sound intimidating to some people, I'm sure, especially if you've never been to one because, you know, you're not sure what the protocol is yeah. of, you know, <laughs> how many, how many uh, courses you have, which of the eight, you know, uh, spoons and, and forks you're supposed to use and all that. <laughs> one of the reasons why I'm recommending this one is because they are so relaxed and cool. Uh, I'll tell you that the food is absolutely epic. Um, I, I haven't had it uh, anytime I've been there. I haven't had the same thing twice. The menu is always different. Um, and the way that the, so the chef there is actually a younger guy. He's they, they say he's got the build, which means he's a bit wild. <laughs> and so um, so, he, he, you know, one time he, he served a dessert and we had um, uh, frozen sorbet and, you know, it was in the shape of Darth Vader. Uh, and so, um, you, you, you kind of look at yourself and you're like, oh, we had a mission restaurant here. This is incredible. This sounds fantastic. Um, yeah, it's, it's actually a lot of fun, but the wait staff is, is that way too. They're all in jeans and sneakers. Um, and you never really feel like, okay, I, I don't fit in here. I shouldn't yeah. be here. You, you have that complete opposite feeling. And then when they bring out the courses and the food, um, it is just blow your mind good. Um, and they, they, they really nail it. And so I, that's one that I, obviously we don't go too often cause it's a Michelin one star. It's not cheap, yeah. but uh, it's also not for what you get. Actually, if it's just the, you know, kind of once in a while kind of thing, it's totally worth it. And, uh, obviously reservations are required, but, um, it, it's beautiful and the food and the experience just, I, I can't read more about it. It's, it's, uh, one, if you're here in Germany, you should do it at least once. I love this idea of gourmet food in sneakers. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it, the, the wait staff and the sommelier is a really cool guy. He actually remembered us. We went, you know, like a year and a half apart and he, he remembered us and exactly what we drank, actually. And that service. Yeah, we were we were relying on him, you know, because we didn't really know the wines on his list. And, you know, he he make jokes and. Even he even threw out a curse word in his joke in English and, you know, uh, just, you know, not stuffy at all. Fantastic. I'm going to drop links to all of these recommendations in the show notes because these sound like absolute gems. Yeah, definitely. And, and uh, I, I recommend one that's a little bit more kind of just normal restaurant, um, you know, mm -hmm. speed. Um, and that's uh, Weinhaus Henniger and that's in Karlstadt. Um, and Henniger, it's it's a. Uh, it's kind of more, um, I'd say, um, Feltzish style, and Feltzish is the area that we're in here, the Rylan Faults. Uh, and Feltzish food is a little bit more um, hearty for you know people who have been out working all day. You know, it's things like Salmagen and Bursts. Um, 
but the food quality is incredibly good and the prices are not bad at all. Um, and so that one's in Karlstadt and um, they, they've, you know, they really do a good job uh, as well of having a nice relaxed atmosphere. And, and you'll hear me say that a lot about this region because you go around and you'll see people drinking wine at 10 o'clock in the morning. So I guess that's why everybody's so relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. How could you not be relaxed going to work like that? Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I'm actually a big fan of Winehouse Hennigan myself. I've been there. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I've been there many times. We go for yeah. big long walks in the Falts on a Sunday. Then we yeah. will often end up there for some good food. And I'm a vegetarian, and there's always something fantastic on the menu for me as well. Yeah, it's 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 it kind of has a, a feel of, of like an expensive restaurant because the food is there and, and it looks really nice, but it's not expensive at all. And so it's it's yeah, it's, it's I like that one a lot. Yeah, me too, me too. So, um, what about wine festivals, Brett? Are you a big fan of those? My wife does not like big crowds, so um, I you know we'll we'll go and you know hit some wine festivals here and there. But of course, this area is known for the biggest wine festival in the world it's during the festival season when normally you would see like the Oktoberfest and, and things like that except here it's focused on wine um, and you don't have to wear a dirndl and lederhosen and I'm telling you that from personal experience because one year after going to other festivals and wearing lederhosen and dirndls my wife wearing the dirndl I'm wearing lederhosen um, we wore those costumes to the Verstmarkt, and we were the only ones in the whole festival that was wearing traditional Bavarian clothing. <laughs> oh goodness, that's like turning up at a fancy dress party when you're the only ones in fancy dress. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and, and and we had people looking at us uh, and thinking we we're probably Bavarian, and uh, and we even had people coming up and taking pictures with us, and they were German, so. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, th there's an insider tip for you right there. Yes, don't get, don't, don't wear traditional clothing at the verse marked, but definitely wear it if you do go to Oktoberfest. You'll fit right in if you do that. Then. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, but the the verse marked, uh, the verse marked is is um, like I said, it's usually the uh, in the fall in the harvest time. So the dates you can look up, and of course they've got um, almost most of the uh, the really bigger uh, vine vine goose, the vineyards represented there so you you know they have wine drinking tents and they've got tons and tons of food um you know really hearty feltish food and they've got rides and things so um just a really really cool atmosphere um yeah that sounds fantastic but that's a really big festival one of the things that i'm quite a fan of in your area are actually some of the the small individual ones in the villages and also the vine vanderums have i said that right Brett? Yeah, yeah, vine vanderbilt. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a really cool um concept because what what a vine vanderbilt is a, a wine basically a wine wandering, <laughs> a wine wander, um is uh, so with all these vineyards around here they they end up doing kind of making a, a loop of some sort you know and you end up walking five or ten kilometers and on the route you know they set up um, stations for course to quench your thirst with <laughs> lots of wine or water or beer and, and basically you know each town has its own festival throughout the whole summer so you can explore the whole wine region um, by these vine bundelungs um, and it's it's a great way to kind of get out there in the beautiful gorgeous rolling hills uh, and eat food and drink wine and and um, and here's here's what's really cool lots of kids 
Um, yeah, I was going to say, because I mean, you know, going around tasting wine on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon isn't terribly child friendly. But actually, when I'm out in Germany in, at these Weinwanderungs and these small wine festivals, they are family days, right? Yeah, it's I have never been to um, the Weinwanderung and, and not seen a ton of kids running around, you know, on scooters playing. Um, it, it's it's a really cool and it it's it's uh, it's very different than the States. It's It's very family oriented. It's meant to to be time to hang out with your friends and family. Uh, and so, you know, of course, there's always going to be people that have a little bit too much and um, that's going to happen. But um, yeah, this, these these festivals really are focused towards family. And so it, it means that, you know, you can all experience, you know, this this culture together. And, and uh, I, I love that. Yeah, me too. I think that's great to see. And also dogs, right? You and I are both dog lovers. Definitely. Uh, if, if you hear barking during the, this uh, podcast, uh, it means my dog has run out of food in her Kong upstairs. But yes, um, lots of dogs. The Germans love their dogs, which is so cool. Uh, and yeah, we always see dogs at all these festivals. And of course, they're really well behaved because most dogs go to dog school, which is also really neat. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely dog friendly at the events as well. One of the things that we bring up at every podcast is this little issue of cash being king in Germany. And I have definitely noticed that when I've been at a Weinwanderung, you really can't just take your credit card and expect to pay at these places using plastic, right? Yeah, it's honestly, it's something that I still <laughs> still have to get used to as an American. Um, cash is definitely king, um, especially at these kinds of festivals where there is really no way to pay with a card or anything like that. And they don't have the remote ATM, you know, set up uh, on the Vine Vondong routes or anything no, like that. Right. So maybe if you start in a town, there's going to be an ATM or what they call here in Germany an EC machine. Um, you might get lucky there. But yeah, definitely cash. And, and my wife is always giving me cash because I always forget to get cash. Um, so now I try to walk around with a minimum of 100 euros because I always end up, you know, somewhere where I need to buy something and they don't take, you know, cards or anything like that. And so. Uh, definitely walk around with cash doesn't mean you're flaunting. It just means you're prepared, basically. Yeah, and, and and we're talking euro cash as well. It's not really easy to spend dollars once you leave the airbase, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's virtually impossible. Actually, I've tried to go to a bank to change dollars into euros, and they didn't do it. Um, you'd have to do that at a, a change, you know, a, a change place, which are usually at airports and things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that's one tip is be prepared. The other thing that I do find fantastic about some of these little festivals and, and uh, vine vanderums is that you can get out to them using the trains here and then cycle along the vineyards to actually reach your destination. So you don't even need a designated driver. You can actually use the German train system, put your bike on the train and then stagger back home, right? Yeah, you, you definitely hit the nail on the head. You're, you're talking my language because I'm, I'm also a biker uh, and love hiking. And one of the coolest things about this area down here is the amount of uh, trails and paths that are uh, available to hike and, and walk and uh, bike. Um, and so a, a really fun way to do it is just like you said, Michelle, is hop on the train um, so you don't have to worry about driving um, and take your bike along with you. Uh, and then that way you can go from town to town here. And, and, you know, the Germans are absolutely amazing at signage. So you can even <laughs> go without a map. And if, as long as you know the name of the town that you're going to, you can walk or ride to that next destination without a flaw because the signage is so good and the paths are so easy to navigate. 
And have you experienced car fry Sontag while you've been living out into the fells? Yes, actually. Um, so car, uh, car free day in, in the Weinstrasse is the Auto Freitag um, is usually the last uh, Sunday in August. And what an awesome concept. They closed down the complete Weinstrasse for 84 kilometers uh, and only open it to basically bicyclists. Amazing, um, isn't it? <laughs> it? It's just such an awesome concept. And the fact that like people aren't complaining, well, I'm sure there's people complaining <laughs> that are trying to you know, get off the Autobahn, but um, it's it's so epic um, to see so many people out there on their rollerblades and their bikes and kids. And, and in every town, they've got bands playing and along the route, they've got, you know, um, restaurants and, and buying goods and radio stations set up and it's not it's not a uh, necessarily a fitness type event you you know you've got people out there that are just riding along you know drinking wine or you've got you know you've also got your enduro athletes that are trying to ride the whole thing down and back in one day and um it, it is such a cool experience and actually one year i, I made all of my friends because i lived on the Weinstrasse, i made them all dress up as superheroes uh, and <laughs> And we we rode down the Weinstrasse and it was, we got two, two react well, three reactions from people. Either A, they looked at us and they were like, you know, wow, that's the coolest thing I've, I've ever seen. B, they looked at us and thought we were completely nuts. Uh, or C, they didn't even notice, which just blew my mind, you know, because <laughs> we had everybody. We had, you know, we had Captain America, we had Thor, we had uh, Duffman. Uh, and so it was, it was a, a super cool experience. And, um, and I think we started a trend because every year after that, I've, I've started seeing people dressed up as various groups. You started that trend, Brett. I, I'm, I'm going to pioneer that. Yeah, I'm going to take credit <laughs> for that. Fantastic. Well, it certainly sounds to me like you have really, you know, got the best out of living here in Germany. Do you, big question, do you see yourself moving back to the States or is this home for you now? Um, no, I, you know, for us, we, we don't know how long we'll be here. So, you know, the time that we're here, of course, we're going to enjoy and, and adventure and travel and, and, you know, meet new people. And, and that's really what it's all about. So uh, basically try to live every day like it's your last. Brett, you're on this podcast. Do you have any other places that we can stay in touch with you and hear a bit more about your life and times in Germany? Um, well, funny you mentioned podcasts. I'm a huge fan of podcasts. And so my company uh, has a podcast that's going to be coming out in the near future. We're in, in production right now. It's called Uncovering Europe. It's a little bit different than, than what you're doing here, Michelle. Ours is a little bit more storytelling. And we basically will go explore various areas of Europe and uh, go kind of in depth and, and meet the local population and find out the stories uh, of the history that make those places interesting. Uh, and so look for that to come out relatively soon. That sounds fantastic. And I can't wait to hear it. I think that's a fantastic place for us to leave our interview. Brett, thank you so much. You've given us so many great tips and values there. I am going to put all of your links and tips into the show notes so every listener can follow you around the Weinstrasse in your footsteps or stagger around probably if they drink as much wine as it sounds like you do. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. It's been a pleasure. I really hope you enjoyed our visit to the Deutsche Weinstraße, the German wine road. There's so much more of it to explore, but I think Brett's tips and insider knowledge are just the perfect place to start discovering this beautiful region of Germany, and it's right on the doorstep of the KMC. If wine drinking isn't your thing, there's also so much more to do here. Discovering old Roman ruins, beautiful medieval castles, and long walks through the perfectly planted vineyards 
are all fantastic alternatives to wine tasting. Or you can simply do both, just like the locals. Every week, I'm sharing a sustainable travel tip, something to make us all more mindful travellers and help us to reduce our impact on the planet as we explore more of it. This week's tip is totally inspired by my interview with Brett and his love of cycling. Getting out of the car not only reduces air pollution and congestion, but has some seriously awesome benefits for your physical and mental health. Germany has an amazing network of bike routes, and it's perfectly possible to take your bike on the regional trains here too, which means you can start exploring as far away as you like. I think you'll totally start to appreciate the country and the great outdoors on a much deeper level when you're on two wheels and outside in the fresh air. I believe the best travellers leave nothing behind but a good impression and take nothing away but great memories. Thank you for listening to Explore Europe. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you to the good guys at Used Car Guys for sponsoring today's episode. You can find them online at usedcarguys.net or on location at Kaiserslautern, Ramstein, Spangdalem and Wiesbaden. We'd love to hear from you, so tell us in the comment section where you'd like us to visit next. And let us know where you'll be exploring using the hashtag ExploreEurope on Twitter. See you next time, explorers!